This is Dave of Live Life Loud, the Decibolic Podcast, and you're listening to Pods Like Us with Marv. Welcome to Pod Like Us. I'm Martin Quibble, known to my friends as Marv, and this time I am joined by Gerard Edwards of the Podcast Radio. How are you, Jerry? Yeah, very good, thanks. I'm going to start um, your podcast by saying, can I call you Marv? Am I a friend yet? You are, yes. Ah, yep. yes, yep. ten points. Yep. It was that That's conversation fine. we had about Michael Parkinson before we started, wasn't it? It was. Well, I like the informality of that then it makes it more you know less less you know question and answer and more hopefully conversational yeah well it's funny isn't it um you watch the best interviewers in the world and you think they're not working you think they're not actually interviewing someone don't you and then what's weird i think when you realize you get a bit older and you watch media you realize that that's a person doing a job inside their head or a million things racing around but they're just looking so relaxed um you know it's funny isn't it Yeah, and when you try to do it yourself, you think it's so easy, and then you do it for the yeah. first time, and it it takes a long time to get used to because you don't, like you said, you don't realise what's going on around. So you think you think it's just basically all oh, that person's asking a question, they're answering that person's asking, but actually you've got to ask the question, but at the same time also listen to the answer rather than follow what's on the sheet. The questions, the questions, the questions. If you you have to pick up on things every now and again, if there's something that somebody says and you you'll you go, oh, what about that? But that's something that comes with time. You know that you've just got to be ready for that. No, you're right. I actually, um, I, I'm lucky. Before we talk about podcast radio and where it came from, I come from broadcast land. You know, live interviews and doing things live, and it was always music radio I was on. But you have guests all the time, and. From what I can tell, from the thousands of people I've worked with or met in radio around the world too, I did it in New Zealand, a bit in Dublin, um, Liverpool and London. And from what I can tell, and I might be wrong here, no one ever has a uniform way of preparing a show or how to interview or picking questions. Yes, editors come in and say this is a good idea or yes, the boss says, oh, you should do it like this. But no one actually has the answer to that. And so it means every single person who does interview people has a different technique. And I always thought I was lazy. I am lazy, Marv, by the way. But my technique throughout the years to get to where I am was doing that. Um, You know, I have a couple of ideas I need to ask them. 
you know, to, yep. to please the boss. But from there, it was just ask in the moment and, and see what they said. I suppose we're doing it now, aren't we? We're, we're talking about something we probably didn't mean to. But you actually do have to listen to the other person. And it's really subtle. But if you notice the interviewer doesn't listen to the answer, um, it's really frustrating as a listener because they just ask a next question that's not really in the flow. I've listened to a couple of your pods today, actually, to prepare okay. for listening to this, and I noticed you do it. I thought, hmm, that's interesting. He's, li- he's listened and responded exactly to a bit of a tangent, and I thought it was very clever of you, Marv. But um, I'm not just trying to, you know, score brownie points here, so you okay. treat me nicely. <laughs> that's fine. So we'll get to that then. So how, how uh, you know, what, was your, what is your history in radio then? How did you get started in there? It's it's funny. I um we emigrated from Liverpool to New Zealand, and I did secondary school there. Then at eighteen, I came back to Liverpool, and as an adult, I've chopped and changed. And when I was studying English and law and politics at the Auckland University or the University of Auckland, whichever way you want to say it, yeah. um, I wasn't doing great. You know, I, I wasn't putting in the hours. I wasn't working hard. And I, I deviated the course, changed courses through in anthropology to see if I preferred the studies of people and things like that, whatever was working for me. And I, then I, I put it on pause and I went and did a course in radio broadcasting, but it told you everything. It told you about um, the subtleties of radio, how you deliver on a microphone, uh, how you edit audio, very importantly, and yes. the concept, you know, why, why clocks in radio are built to this balance, why you'll hear this many in this rotation. And I loved it. I loved that there was a science that people don't realize is happening in an entertainment medium. Anyway, long story short, um, I finished top of that course and I had to do it then. I had to follow that, that path. Um, and that sounds like I was all, you know, great, of course. But a lot of people go into that because they can't think of what else to do. I, I was the opposite. I went into it almost, you know, frustratingly thinking, I'll give it a go then. And I loved it, just loved it. I loved the science and the technicals as well as the presenting. Yeah. And what's happened to me, Marv, is even now in, back in British land and British broadcasting and British terminology for media, I use all these different terms. Um, I was saying one today about the, the clock and the log in front of you. I was saying massage it. And that means, you know, if a clock's only 57 minutes and it's got to be made up into 60 minutes to fit the hour so you don't run out of time or mess up your logs. This sounds a bit technical now, but I was saying massage it. And this guy here in um, a podcast radio, a new staff member, was saying, what it? You want me to massage it? And I realized I was using terms that I'd learned overseas. Um, so I'm kind of stuck in between different media styles but um i think it put me in really good stead to be brave enough to go and try and execute and launch this podcast radio thing but also to steal good ideas you know and to see that different countries different cities even do broadcast media and all sorts of media just like podcasting in in the states and the uk is very different different places do it differently it doesn't mean it's wrong it doesn't mean it's right it does mean you can steal some great ideas if people aren't ready for it um, and be flexible in doing so well, unlike radio, po- podcast is a global um, phenomenon. So you can listen to a podcast that's made in, I don't know, China if you wanted, but you could be listening to it in America, in Australia, in the UK, whereas radio is for that area, specifically that country or that region. So in a way, your knowledge of media from all these different countries would potentially help with podcasting because of it being a global, um, uh, like I said, phenomenon. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. And I, I was lucky 
when I was getting frustrated and using the wrong terms and, and saying, for instance, here's, here's an example. I was, I, got, I was lucky enough to design a radio station in the UK and it was actually the irony you've said China. It was Chinese backed with Chinese money. So I had to have a bit of Chinese content, but it was for Londoners. And yeah. when we were setting it up, I had to come up with the concept of it. And I was very frustrated that I wasn't being paid big bucks. But, you know, in the end, your frustrations, if you use them carefully and cleverly, can really propel you forward, I, I think. It's always a rich and cliche when people say that. But, you know, your failures and, and your frustrations can be a good tool. And so at the time, I didn't think that. I was just frustrated, thinking I wish I was paid more. But I got to design a radio station. And I said, can we, and this sounds ridiculous, I said, can we lift the desk, the studio desk, up maybe 12 inches so you can stand at it? Um, I want the mics up a bit higher. I was the I was the manager as well as the designer of the station. I said, I want our staff standing up. I th- you, you sound fresher when you're on a microphone. And it just wasn't being done really around the UK. I don't think it is really being done. Now, it's done all through New Zealand radio stations that are quite uh, action-packed, you know, upbeat ones. Yeah. And I just stole the idea. And people moaned in this building. And all these special consultants in broadcasting, British broadcasting, came in and moaned. And you should have heard the difference. And the staff ended up loving it. At one stage, there was a debate about where will people sit if they have to stand up. And I just said, on a standing height stool, you can still sit down. And it's silly things like that, that people get so set in their own ways, that I just thought, I realised you can just bring good ideas with you and use them um, cleverly. And it sounds a bit cheap, but I just think, you know, in, in art, they don't say you stole it. They say you were inspired by it. Um, you know, and, and I think in business, a lot of a lot of the time people think ideas um, shouldn't be lifted. But I think if it, it's a bit of a nod, you know, it happens for a reason. And, and although people go down on different paths, different countries, different cities, different podcast techniques, I think you can always go and grab some great ideas from them. Um, so I'd agree with you, Marv. I think I, um, I'm lucky that I'm uh, flexible in my approach to it. But podcast radio still now, we're a year old. Uh, we we are open to every single good idea that comes across our desk, which is a really incredible thing. I've never worked in a place like that. Um, it's always been someone will block a good idea. You know, as high as you go, they go, no. And we're the opposite. There is no podcast radio. We're the only one in the world. We're the only one doing what we do. We're lucky that although we broadcast in London, Surrey, Manchester and Glasgow, and we have that radio limitation that you were talking about, um, the, ra- the radio get, puts us in cars and puts us automatically in pe- people's kitchens. So it's got something that podcasting has never had. We put podcasts on that channel. So it's all of a sudden given podcasting a reach. But we made sure that people could listen from anywhere in the world at any time and get the same style discovery listen. Uh, and for that reason, you'll hear an, a pod jock. We've got these people who introduce podcasts and we've got news bulletins updated every single hour in the english language that's the only that's the only thing we promise it will be an english language it can be any accent it can be any background it can be any subject under the sun just about it'll be in english and no matter when you drop in there will be a presenter with you walking you through it and a news bulletin within say 65 minutes you'll hear another one so you're updated too there's no reason to go and put on that political talk station on the dial so we think we've got a clever model um people thought we were crazy before we we launched it but we made sure when we launched podcast radio it had to work uh, by that let me define that better it had to be a success and help the podcasters who was being featured it wasn't just give us content we want to fill a radio station it was the other way around saying we've got this radio platform 
we need to figure out what podcasters get, what they benefit from. And to rewind to that point, by having radio channels, and the content was so great because podcasting can be full of incredible content. I hope I'm being uh, interesting right now. By putting it on the radio, people discovered new great content. It's 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 a fascinating idea because basically, uh, in a way, you're uh, there's a certain market of people that are still listening to the old. Uh, well, I say old to the uh, to the tried and tested, uh, you know, radio. Um, um, t- you know our radio works uh, but what you're doing technically is you're providing them with shows that they wouldn't normally get on the radio yeah. per se uh, and they are podcast in themselves but they're not listening to them on a podcast uh, streaming platform they're listening to them on the radio so in a, in a way they might listen to these shows that you're uh, putting out there or distributing and then think oh i wonder what else this podcasting thing has got going for it yeah and and we were really well received once people realized we weren't this big gray commercial cloud trying to steal people's contents and reuse it for monetization once people realized it worked for podcasters the applications flooded in to the thousands. We actually cannot get through the applications faster than they come flooding in. But also, we say to everyone who applies to be on podcast radio, give us a few singles, to use a musical term. Give us a few singles because your podcast is the album. You're actually advertising your podcast by being on podcast radio. And there's a few different types of people listening. There are some, if I can quickly run through some examples, I won't cover them all, of course. It won't come to my mind fast enough. (laughs) But you've got people who have never heard of podcasts. Now there's something called podcast radio, so they're dipping their toe in. You've got people like you and I, Marv, who know quite a lot about podcasting, and you're intrigued to see what podcast radio has chosen and why. Um, Then you've got someone who loves one or two podcasts, like Serial, They've binged it, and they can't find their next one. You know, the, the, this, the scouring through Spotify or Apple or Google Podcasts or whatever other brand and, and gateway platform you want to talk about, they can't find their next one, and they need a nudge, and their friends are saying, oh, try this one if you like that one, and it's not working either. And so by putting on podcast radio and listening for three hours while you're on a long drive or while you're working in the garage, you'll hear eight different podcasts. Now, that's a fantastic way of not having to go back to your contraption, not having to read lists online and figure it out. That's the kind of curated angle we've come from to solve that problem. But then in between those three types of people, there are lots of others. You know, there are people who are podcasters and want to just go and listen to other ones and sample a different range of others to see what they're up to. And there are people who just love different topics all delivered to them um you know and we're careful we don't want something really bizarre next to something really niche that that doesn't fit so we're quite careful about making it flow through our day schedule but in short the people are coming and our stats are telling us this from the back end and our research when we ask people a year on how they've how they've reacted to it they're coming to discover new content and i i don't think there's anywhere else in the world or any other platform that invites you just to listen and discover it in the same moments. And, and in that, we're the first radio station to ever say, if you really, really, really like what you're listening to, go and listen somewhere else. Yeah. Um, 
you know, we're like a shared list and we share our listeners between the different platforms. So, um, what was your first introduction then to, to the world of podcasting? You know, I've, I heard you ask this question to other podcasters and I couldn't quite put my finger on it. I don't know. I think it, my first introduction was wondering what a podcast is. You know, that first word and it was bubbling away. Okay. Um, for me, it wasn't a long, long time ago. And I know that because when I was designing another radio station in London, we were looking for a niche. And this must have been four or five years ago. And if I'm honest, podcasting wasn't in the shape it is now, just four or five years later. There was no, no, there was no facility or enough content and no accessibility to go and create podcast radio five years ago. But there was two years ago. And in that three-year window... I'd started hearing it being talked about as an audio thing. And yes, I must have been dropping in and listening to listen back features and special interviews. Um, but then, straight away, as soon as I realised what they were, I went and made a podcast with a co-host in a radio station. Um, and we did well. I think we went into the top 10 for comedy on Apple in the UK. Quite a few categories within categories there. But we were top 10 comedy podcast on Apple. I think we got to the highest of eighth spot. He was a stand-up comedian and was standing up in Edinburgh on stage saying, download my podcast. Have you heard my podcast? And we only had seven episodes. And it flew out the door, a few thousand listens within a week. And we okay, went, oh. wow. Well, here's where it goes, Marv. Then no one ever heard of it again once he stopped being on stage. And it made me wake up and go, and I was designing radio stations and think, ooh, podcasting has this real problem with getting new listeners. You know, how do you get in front of new listeners? Now, we had a guy on sta doing stand-up saying, I've got a podcast. It was a free billboard for us. And, I, and it was the, that was the very first moment I thought there needs to be a platform that is independent, that works for podcasters or for the community of podcasters globally in English that can introduce listeners to new podcasts and vice versa, introduce podcasts, you know, for the podcaster to go and put up their wares, show their wares off to, to a big bunch of people in one moment. And radio's always done that. Radio's done that for a hundred years. Yeah. Um, so for me, it seemed like an obvious idea. In a way, it um, it almost harkens back to a time where radio stations used to have different programmes as well, whereas now it's very much, uh, on a lot of commercial stations, you'll just go from one presenter to another. But for the most part, it's a presenter talking in between songs, whereas yeah. this is going back to having shows where you know, podcasts, you can have a talk show about different subjects. You, you even have audio dramas as well as podcast. And there's just that much of a variety that's now missing in, in standard commercial radio. Do you know, we, we played an episode of Alan Alder. Do you know the Hollywood legend from MASH, yeah. Alan Alder? Yeah. Um, I can't put on his voice, but... He's so easily recognisable when you hear his voice, and I didn't realise how recognisable. Anyway, we did a, a bit of a deal with him and his podcast and his team. Lovely bunch of people. Um, and actually, any of the profits he makes from his Patreon go towards his science uh, and communication centre, like a bit of a charity thing. Amazing, yeah, an amazing man. Yeah. Uh, he loves science. And in one episode that we've aired a couple of times on podcast radio, he has Paul McCartney in, and they wheel in a piano. The quality is amazing. The Will in the Piano, Paul McCartney talks about how he would write a song and what it means to communicate a song to him. So that's pretty fascinating in itself. And then he tinkers away on the piano and he actually writes one with Alan Alder. 
the episode's about an hour and a half. It's the best, I think it's the best interview I've ever heard. Now, I would say that being from Liverpool originally. Yeah. <laughs> However, people said, but you, you're putting content up on podcast radio as a platform, you know, and luckily for us, year one went really well. We've got a whole host of listeners all around the world. And every week, I think 125 on average countries tune in, which is brilliant. But people were saying to us, but you're playing pre-recorded content. Um, now we we have the news updates and someone as live introducing it, of course. But we said, yeah, and Alan Alder's content is one of the best things in the world. And people yeah. said, yeah. And we said, but have you ever heard of it? Did you know he had a podcast? And the answer's no. You no. know, 99% of people have never heard that episode, probably more than 99% of podcast listeners. And we thought, there it is. You know, th- that's the thing. You've just got to sample it. Um and, and we are very careful, of course, that we don't want to be look like sellouts and just have big celebrities on podcast radio, yeah. um, because that that isn't the model either. And the whole, I'd be really gutted if Spotify's big moves and Apple's competition and Amazon trying to catch up, although maybe they're there now. I'd be gutted if one of these guys come and just make it purely celebs and purely commercial. Uh, I think it would really, really annoy a lot of people who understand that podcasting's more than that for the independents. Yeah, because it would be very easy, like like you were saying, to just go to the uh, the Alec Baldwin's, the the David Tennant's, uh, even the you know that 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 fabulous you know something rhymes with purple with uh, Giles Brandreth and Susie Dent from uh, Countdown. It would be very easy to go that way, but then you're going then purposely for the names to get that that notice, which is. Or, which would almost be downplaying what uh, podcasting is really all about, which is about different people from different backgrounds putting content out there. Yeah, yeah. What we what we also do on podcast radio. This sounds like an advert, but you'll see why in a sec. <laughs> we also interview podcasters about the making of their podcast, not too dissimilar to what you're doing which, with yeah. with me right now, and um. You realise t- people talking about why they made a podcast unlocks all this um, this passion because you know, to, and as you you will know, Marv, it takes a lot of passion to keep a podcast going. It takes a lot of passion to to have the drive and determination to to come up with new concepts, find new guests. You have to produce it as well as present it a lot of the time. And when you ask people why did they start it, it's an interesting thing that happens because you're not talking about the podcast niche anymore although you are you talk you're hearing from this person about their subject and it kind of pulls the curtain back a bit even on podcasting and, and parts of podcasting's plus is that it's kind of raw um but you still don't hear all behind the curtain and i think when we interview podcasters now that is original content you can only hear on podcast radio and it's just in the moment you'll hear it you know for for 10 minutes after a big 50 minute podcast is aired to get us back on track before the news we say, hey, we're catching up with XYZ from XYZ Podcast. Um, and, I, and I knew I had to ask you, Marv, why did you start this podcast, if I can? Okay. The, the, the very quick answer to that is, and I was ready for this because I was about to follow you up with this. I was <laughs> going to say, it's, it's because I, I've been listening to podcasts now for, I think, 11, 12 years. Uh, and actually probably before the word po- podcasting existed to be honest and um so I've, I've always had a fascination in it there's there's a thing about radio where i do still listen to radio a lot but 
in the podcasting world, in the streaming world in general, you can actually fit it around your life, yeah. essentially. Yeah. So, um, you know, if, if you look, at, for example, at something like, um, if I wanted to, uh, because I work night shifts I can't, and at weekends, I can't actually listen to Steve Wright's love songs on a Sunday morning with my other half because I'm asleep in bed. But if I wanted to, I could go online and watch that on BBC, listen to that on BBC Sounds at any point in the day that I wanted to. So there's that uh, that ease of getting old of, you know, it's it's easy to get old of what you want to listen to whenever you want to listen to it. Um, but you also find, or I did, that when I was listening to these shows, I was listening to them, enjoying what they were li- what I was listening to, and them as people, and and I got cu- I was curious and thought, now, what what is it about them that's made them pick that actual subject to discuss or to have as their main topic? And in a way, it's interesting to find out what the story is behind them. Um, uh, doing these things and that's what intrigued me and I mean I'd, I'd ummed and ahed about doing it for a long long time and then eventually it's almost something that you have to push yourself to do in essence uh, so I just thought I'll have a try and I'll I'll start my own podcast which is all about asking people because I'm fascinated in finding out why they're interested in this and what their story is that led them to decide to do this so it's it's an interest in people essentially yeah and i think the whole industry of podcasting works a little bit like that doesn't it yes you've got audio drama and things that are a bit more polished and, and scripted but people are kind of revealing things about themselves they're revealing passions to begin with aren't they you know i get interviewed and i was lucky enough to go on bbc media show on radio 4 and things like that and i'm speaking at Podfest and uh, a few events like that around the world and um, now it's all virtual, of course, for the, for, the, for the events. So don't worry, everyone, I'm not flying to these. But the, <laughs> the funny thing is, I always just end up saying it's about passion. The reason people fell in love with hearing podcasts is because you're hearing people talk passionately. Not a presenter who's, you know, glammed up and, and under lights in front of a camera on your, on your news at 6 p.m. grilling someone for likes and, you know, and trying to make a splash. But you're actually hearing people talk about things they want to hear about. And in that really simple idea comes all this rich content. I hate the word content. I know it's the only thing you can use in that word. Um, But I think that's it. And and for instance, I was at something called, I think, Radio Salon in Paris nearly two years ago, just before COVID was breaking. And I saw a woman, a German woman, I think she worked for Radio Player, um, so quite an official, I thought she was going to give her a standard answer. And she just said, look, you can hear people talk about skydiving for an hour. And if they're telling that story right, if they're describing, you know, I was right on the edge about to jump out. I was actually above the clouds. I had sweat pouring down my face. You're hooked. You're engrossed. Now, yeah. that doesn't exist on radio anywhere. That no. hour long story of someone's personal trip jumping out of a plane. And I think that's where I kind of thought, oh, good because we were about to launch podcast radio at that stage. I thought, oh, good, I think we're onto something. We're giving people content in a curated way that isn't there on that facility, on that, that um, on the radio mast and being broadcast. Um, so we were good that we were pretty lucky to have something that other people weren't doing. 
But we were brave enough, I think, to try it. But I always rewind the clock and think, <laughs> you'll like this, Marv. <laughs> Before we ever launched, I started dropping into Facebook groups anonymously, just as myself, my little, you know, uh, face there and name. Yeah. And it would pop up and I was saying, hey, look, I'm going to try and open this radio station. Um, it's going to be playing podcasts. And I got so much abuse um, in these forums and I can understand why, because if someone else put in, in the forum I was in, they were going to open a radio station. I have, I've heard other people in America are trying to launch a similar thing, and they're just doing it to make money instead of trying to tackle a problem. And if, you, if you're making a startup or a new company, it's got to tackle a problem. And the problem that we saw was podcasters getting in the ears of new listeners. And so we thought we were really clever, but we were dedicated and we've stuck to that plan of introducing podcasts to new people, not just filling a radio station with podcasts. And um, it's a subtle difference, but it's gone really well for us. And it benefits because, as you said, what you're hearing, what pe makes people tick or what they're throwing their passion into. And I think it's reflected in the audio that then comes back out of the speakers. Yeah, I, I still remember somebody's advice to me uh, when I started, which was basically... Um, if you're starting to get bored yourself, then it's going to be noticed by the listener. The listener will hear if you have an interest in what you're talking about. Yep, 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 yep. Yep. And it's, see, see, I've just kept banging on about myself because I'm interested in myself. I'm joking, Mark. <laughs> um, but it, it's funny. Um, I, I, I was in in New Zealand visiting my family. What happened was I, I didn't take the plunge of... of launching and founding podcast radio until i was really really sure and i think having a great idea i sound like someone off dragon's den trying to be all impressive and, and say something you know we're still of course working very hard i work all hours under the sun right now on this thing to make sure it's a great new company and we're doing all this interesting stuff but there was a moment where i nearly, nearly didn't found podcast radio nearly didn't launch it um, and i remember sitting in the car my brother picked me up from the airport i said i've got this idea joe uh, um, two Liverpudlians on a, on a motorway in Auckland um, and I said I've got this idea of making this radio station about podcasting that plays podcasts and he was saying but you can get them on demand I said I know but there's a huge problem um, with you know and, and I'd been through it with my own podcast going right up the rankings then back down and I said there's a marketing problem for podcasts and then in, just the way and I'm going to say it Uber seemed like a ridiculous idea. A, a taxi company that didn't own one car was going to be a, the world's biggest taxi company. And you think, well, how are they going to do that? Quite yeah. simply, they allowed people. They created a platform in which someone who had a car and had a few rules around it said, I can drop you there for this amount. And that's kind of what pod, podcast radio does. You know, we're lucky we get international listeners because we don't spend uh, international marketing dollars or pounds. But... People just find us online and fall in love with it because the content is amazing. That's not us, of course. We're not patting ourselves on the back. But we just introduce a listener to a podcast similar to how a, a rider finds a driver on Uber. And we are the vehicle for that. Or I shouldn't use vehicle because I've just said Uber. But we are the platform or the connecting tool that, that connects them or allows them to connect. And our website and app is all designed around if you fall in love with the content you're hearing the podcast that's on right now, if you've fallen in love, they've said something you've never heard before or something in such a way that you've just warmed so much to it. We say, here's the link to Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, Google Podcasts. It's there on our 
website. Every podcast we feature has its own bio. We say why we like it. See if you'll like it. And in that way, it's a seamless connection for the listener. They've listened free of charge and they just listen when they want. Uh, It's an invitation that way. Put it on if you like it. We've curated it. And then if you like it, it's a free journey all the way through to Spotify and Apple. And then the podcaster themselves has a brand new listener they wouldn't have found, a listener that they didn't even know existed. They haven't spent any money. It's free for independent podcasters, always will be. And and they've gone and found themselves a new follower. And in that journey, everyone wins. And, and I, I had to toggle over and over and toy with the idea saying, does everyone win? And there I was sitting in the passenger seat with my brother. He's saying, I can't see it myself. And I nearly didn't launch it at that moment. But I came back to the UK after a nice little summer holiday. The radio station I, would, I'd, I had been working on was closing. And I thought, no, go on. I've been designing them for other people. Why don't I design this thing, this next radio platform with one eye on podcasting around the world? Hopefully it goes global at the platform. And it has. And um, it's a lot of hard work to make sure it runs smoothly and sounds great but the content it sounds amazing the best part of podcast radio is when we just let a really good podcast have the airwaves give them the reins for the next 45 minutes so um we think we've done it right we think we've stuck to our guns we're open to new ideas as we always say um but you know who knows what's coming next with podcasting Uh, i'd love to know your thoughts marv on and and I don't want to take a dig at any other company or say anything, but, you know, you've got your Spotify, your Apple, um, Amazon, no Yahoo or Virgin right now. I wonder if they're looking at it, wondering themselves. What do you think's going to happen in the next couple of years with podcasting? It's, it's strange because um, podcasting has been, like, like, like we've already hinted at, podcasts have been going for a long time, which is, which doesn't really match its um, its current whole, popularity. Its current popularity, yeah. no, because yeah. Yeah. for the amount of time it's been going, in comparison to other things like you know, I mean, YouTube isn't that much older than actually podcast themselves, but YouTube is enormous in comparison and things like that. Um, I think there seems to be a big surge though recently that's gone on with podcasts though with listening and with people making them uh possibly as a as an outcome of the the covid and everybody's stuck at home and they're making podcasts maybe maybe but, yeah but that's that's probably uh being being you know a bit blase about it in, in a way maybe i think um one of the big things I think that has changed things is possibly the plethora. The um, you know, there's people keep mentioning somebody called Joe Rogan, this chap who has a show there, who's been taken on by. Uh, he's now sponsored by Spotify, and he makes a show for them, whereas he didn't before. But now that he's with them, I think the fact that you've got things like that is making it more noticeable by more people perhaps and i think it's going to grow over the next year or two i think it's going to grow quite bigger a lot bigger than it is already i think there's going to be a a very big uh, growth in it um so yes i can see uh places like yahoo and virgin 
I can see them suddenly uh, thinking, oh, we've got to get in on this as well. It's like, it's like all these things. It's like Disney with the, with streaming television and yeah. films. Yeah. You know, they've they've suddenly thought, oh, you know, we've got all this catalogue. We should do this. And it's almost like they've got on the... They've, they've only just got onto the bandwagon. You know, sometimes these places are a bit late at getting onto the, you know, getting onto the bandwagon. And it's a bit like uh, BBC Sounds. They could have got in involved a lot sooner. But then again, in a way, um, they actually got in at a good time, perhaps. But, yeah, I can see it being a lot bigger soon. But th the worry is that with things like Spotify and having the big celebrities, there's a danger that that might possibly cloud the the whole podcasting community, which is, you know, not you know, not meaning to blow smoke, you know, you know, or whatever. But I think something like yourself that you're doing is good for that and will help to hopefully stop that sort of thing from happening so that people will see how varied the podcasting community is yeah we were we were lucky actually um when we when i dropped into those forums as i was saying earlier asking people did they want to give us content because don't forget there was a moment when we hadn't even picked the name podcast radio uh, i was having to explain how it would work and people think it may not work and a few podcasters believed in it you know and said yeah i'll give you a few episodes um and i built a mock version of podcast radio and the model how, how it would work and actually what we don't tell many people but i ended up with a radio channel in london right across the city that had no name attached to it i think it had had a different name to podcast radio anyway and it certainly wasn't about podcasting and that station had closed the channel was empty and i got to play around for two months with this because of my connections in radio and friends i'd made along the way and what I was checking, Marv, was that if you flicked on the radio and dropped in on a podcast halfway through, did it make sense? And it did. I think people are much cleverer than anyone ever gives them credit for. You know, industries always think, oh, that won't work. And we were lucky in two ways that people are clever. They know it's called, it's called podcast radio now, of course. But if you drop halfway through and you do it with TV all the time, you flick on, they'll be halfway through an episode of Friends you quickly could figure out what's going on with the storyline and the jokes. Um, and, and that was lucky for us that that's how podcasts also worked because obviously they're designed to be listened to from the start, but so is everything. You know, nothing's designed to start halfway through. Um, but people are clever, they pick it all up. And the other thing we were lucky with was being independent. Now, I would have killed for the chance for someone like Spotify to throw a million quid to give me the, the reins and say, design us podcast radio. Now, it would have been the best thing at the moment. The best thing in the end that happened was I did it with a private guy. I had to convince this guy to stump up a uh, bit of investment. We launched with um, something like 30 grand in the bank and 10 of it was mine. So I had to put the savings away and clean me out. But we believed in it. We gave it a crack and we were independent by doing it that way. We were able to talk to Spotify about their new content. We were able to go and talk to the celebrities who were launching one with Acast. But we had to remember all those people, the first people who ever believed in podcast radio and wanted their content on it and gave us um, our chance were those independent podcasters in a few of the forums. And to this, you know, a year later on air, 
I'll never forget. And some of those we still bring back on air with new content. We st I still email them. Um, I made sure I called up every one of those people who gave us shows before we ever launched and said, here's what we're going to do with your content. Now, obviously, we get so many applications now, we can't do that, unfortunately. But we just wanted to say, look, you still own the rights. We don't want all your episodes. We want you to get more listeners and downloads and listens by being on podcast radio. And when a few of the bigger brands or the bigger companies were seeing what we were doing, they used to want to know which podcast they were going to be before and after. You know, and I said, no, hang on a minute. Look, we've got to stick with Ofcom. We've got to not break the rules. So there's no, there will never be racist or homophobic or anything like that. No, no isms will break the podcast radio platform. Um, and we were like, this is like music radio, like a rock and roll station. This is for podcasting of all sorts, not just celebrities, not just big hitters, but independents too. We said, if you want your podcast on here, you've got to come and play amongst everyone else. You know, you can't pick and choose who you'll be amongst. If you've got one celebrity, you can't pick to be next to the other celebrity and things like that. And so we, we really st stuck our flag in the ground there and said, no, it's as easy to be an independent on podcast radio as it is to be a big, big, big hitter. And funnily enough, when we were talking to Alan Alder, when I was speaking to his, um, well, his podcast producer and then mm -hmm. Alan himself, we, we, we were interested because it proved that no matter how big a celebrity you are and no matter what number, it could be bazillions of listens you're getting. Everyone wants a few more, Marv. You know, everyone could do with a bit more growth on those figures month by month. Um, now, in, a, in media and in commercialist activity, it, you do need growth. Otherwise, someone says, why, why did we go down 4.5% in listenership last month? Now, that's a scary. That's a very different way to approach it as an independent podcaster. But everyone for some reason, wants to see their grow, sh uh, they grow, their show growing. You know, everyone wants to see growth. Otherwise, you might... And you don't even need that. The irony is, if I was talking to a podcaster tomorrow or someone who's about to launch one, I said, fine, if you've got, if you've got 65 people who are listening to your show every week, fantastic. You know, yeah. you've got your audience. Because if you stood up in, on a stage in front of 65 people, what a great gig. Or what a great little speech you've given. And every yeah. week, those same 65 come in and give you all of their time for however long your episode is it's it's amazing and i think sometimes we get confused with by instagram twitter and facebook um or, you know a page on facebook like a celebrity page saying it needs to have a million it needs to have a million people following it that's when you succeed and and i don't think that's true i think um a podcast books that trend in a really 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 good way and if we can help people in that path um, you know, people did ask me, Marv, too, when I was launching it, saying, oh, so people are going to pay you to put their podcasts on. Um, and people also, likewise, of course, said to me, are, people gonna, are you going to pay people to broadcast their podcasts? So we went right down the middle and said, no, the benefit of being on podcast radio is you'll, you'll definitely be in the ears of new listeners. We want you to get more likes and downloads and follows because that's your business. Yeah. You know, if your business has more people following it, how you monetize that is up to you. Um, but I said, we're just this platform that can introduce. And, and we said, but it's certainly going to be free for people to gain or, or benefit from that. And it's interesting, sorry to hijack, <laughs> hijack your okay. questions. Um, it was interesting you said podcasting as a word isn't that old because podcasting's older than the word podcast, isn't it? I know. Okay. And people did say there have been stations in the States. One was called KU, K-Y-O-U, KU in San Francisco that played in effect podcasts before the word podcast was ever uh, coined 
Yeah. And people did say, oh, it's been done before. And I said, yeah, I know it's been done before. Um, or people have... And when we look at what KU played, they would play like a backstage interview with Coldplay um, recorded on just like for a radio station. And I was like, is that a podcast though? And, I, and, I, and we found ourselves having to figure out what people mean by podcasts. And interestingly, people mean a whole load of different things. The agreement of what a podcast is isn't, isn't really there. Um, we just consider anything you can get online as an on-demand piece of audio, we think, as a podcast or podcast radio. Um, but we then had to tackle and People said it happened. But I think um, the reason podcasting is where it's at in a really cool way, about five years ago, when I was looking to make a niche for a radio station and launch one just for content, it didn't exist. You know, you couldn't have launched podcast radio that we have now, then, in five years. And it meant your Google, your Spotify your Amazon, no company, no matter how savvy they thought they were, no one expected human beings, millennials and Gen Z included, to say, yeah, I know we want everything in two minutes. We want our coffee made instantly. We want everything on demand. We want our fast food. But I will also, there is space in my day part to listen to someone speak slowly and clearly about something totally unexpected for an hour. And it's, they call it long-form speech audio. And, and it came back out of nowhere. No one expected people um, in the society we live in nowadays, no one expected people to slow it down and that they really appreciated the human voice anymore. Think about it. We used to use ro all those silly robot voices towards um, early 2000s. We thought, that's what, we thought music was going that way. <laughs> and then it kind of came back, long-form speech audio. And... And I think it's really a really interesting thing that no one was able to grab it and commercialize it. They're trying to now because the popularity is there, but no one was able to in that window. And I think that's why podcasting is still really, really amazing. It, it really is. So, so how do you select the shows then that you put on podcast radio? And also, do you then have to edit the content because of length or any other reason? It's, it's a bit of a case-by-case. Case. Um, in short, people just apply. You come in, and we made it as simple as possible. You just tell us your podcast name, give us a link so we can listen, um, and that's it, and we've got your email address. We didn't want people having to fill in reams and reams of forms. It wasn't fair because not every show is going to be able to be aired for you know, lots of reasons. Um, one of those reasons is making sure it actually can be aired. You know, we've got to deal with the British Broadcasting Standards and something called Ovcom, so we might have to clean up some episodes. However, and we were quite careful with this, we don't want to go and edit anyone's episode. We never want to change what they've said or, or, or especially change the order of things they've said so they've said something they never did. So we say to the podcaster, look, give us a clean version, bleep or silence any swear words. That's kind of the one handshake deal we have with any podcaster. We check it. Uh, we check it's of a high enough standard. We check it doesn't break any rules, like it's not racist, um, you know, and things like that, the concept stuff. And then it's a deal, case by case. We say to people, look, your episodes are 40-odd minutes long, and then the next one might be 20-odd minutes. We say, that's fine. You've got a slot at 4 p.m. for the next two weeks because you've given us 10 episodes. That 4 p.m. slot is all about you, and then we might play it at a different slot. You know, a month later, we might play that at midnight, and so we're kind of careful, but the idea is it uses radio routine. We know the same person might listen at five minutes past four, and then they might drop in at 12 minutes past four because their job ends around that time. Yeah. And in radio routine, people will, 
hear similar content or the same advert. You know, we didn't design radio advertising. That's been going and perfected for years. So we use those theories in, in this and saying, place podcasts similar times for a few weeks and let people experience the podcast. Um, so in short, people apply. We check it will fit in our schedule. And the one promise we make is we won't stop your podcast and put an ad in there. We won't stop it and put anything we want to say in there. Once we've got your audio, we will never stop it while it's playing. Unless, of course, there is um, something like someone in the royal family may pass away. We might have to press pause then. It hasn't happened yet. Um, we might have to change our output for a couple of days or so. There are rules in broadcasting where you've got to change and, and do something differently. Um, and because it hasn't happened for years and years and years in the royal family, people wonder if it still will happen. Um, and here of recording this um, early 2021, I think people it's going to happen this year, perhaps. Um, so there'll be a big turning point and all of that. But people just apply for us, Marv, and and then it's um, it's like having a music manager. You know, if you said how does how does the music get picked on a rock and roll station? Same same query, I suppose. We've got people who are in those roles choosing and making sure it's great content for the people who are listening to podcast radio already yep and i, th I think it's good as well because personally i think um y you know that, that some people might uh, might think negatively and say that you know all oh, the, the future of radio uh or there is no future in radio whereas i don't necessarily agree with that i think that there is still a future in programmed radio because there's a comfort there's a comfort to being able to just sit down and sometimes just switch the radio on and have it on in the background and whatever's on is on in a way it's so i th i think there's a um i think there's a place for both and it, 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 you'll continue to have both alongside each other and what you're doing is merging the two so that you've got the the, you know they'd be able to sit down and just put on what's on whatever time like you said it's on it's just there but you're merging that with the podcast thing where like i said earlier on you know somebody might listen to the show and think uh, oh i like this so what, what what other content has he got online that we can't get uh or that we're not hearing on this radio station so uh, like I said, I think there's a future for radio. You know, what what do you think yourself? Yeah, I think so. And it amazes me, the strength of radio every time. I'm not a lover of radio. I didn't, I didn't grow up at 11, 12 years old, desperate to work in radio. And when I got a, my first breakthrough gig, I made adverts for a year in a cave in New Zealand in this little horrible windowless room. Then I went and became a mini uh, star of a town a breakfast presenter and I got to see both sides of the industry you know horrible head down working so hard and not getting any plaudits then doing less work um, and trying to pretend you had loads of talents as a breakfast presenter and getting all the plaudits and showing up at events and hosting things and people messaging in saying how funny the show was and things like that and radio I saw all of the reach of that the business side the benefits of it and at that stage in my life, how old I am, you might be able to rewind the clock and figure this out, but the iPod was out and people were yeah. saying, radio's dead. There's no way you can put two and a half thousand songs on a little contraption the size of your phone in the other pocket and carry all your music around. Why would anyone ever listen to the radio again? And 
at that stage, I probably agreed. It was the first time I'd experienced this radio's dying argument, and I worked in it. However, without me defending radio, and as I say, I didn't grow up loving it, I just saw it, kind of, I hope, and I hope I'm making sense here, as it was. People very, very, very quickly fell out of love with their iPod and their music on their phone because... They didn't want to become a DJ. They didn't want to spend half an hour making a playlist to then drive half an hour. You know, that's that's a waste of half an hour of your time. And like that in podcasting, people, once they found a podcast they love, they'll listen to it. But then you catch up, just like Netflix. You've binged something, you've caught up, and there's nothing harder to find something good on your own. Um, now, Yes, you might find one or two little gems, but how often do you trawl through stuff? How often does your friend turn to you and say, listen to this song and put it on the speakers and you're standing there going, oh, this song is rubbish. Because people are so different. Um, and, and podcasting does have that and doesn't have that. The best way to learn about a podcast isn't podcast radio. It's your friend or someone who, is, who thinks like you saying, check out this podcast, I've found a gem. But because there are 2.2 million podcasts plus on Spotify alone, there's too many to go trawling through. And it's very different even to music. You know, you have to give it 10, 20 minutes to see if you're if these people are interesting or if they're speaking interestingly. And then, of course, you might not like their accent. You might not like their tone of voice. You might not like their opinions. But you don't find that out for 10, 15 minutes into it, too. So, you know, the discovery in podcasting uh, will always be a problem. Um, it can't be tackled really quickly. We're trying to tackle that. But what I to bring this back around, I think radio will always have its place because it's there. It's curated and it does have the live element that podcasting doesn't really do. And if I can say this, I'm not a big lover of radio. I'm not a big lover of podcasting in that, you know, I don't have a tattoo saying one of either. But I, I think they're both fantastic. I think they're both incredible mediums that allow the human voice to to be so interesting people are so interesting um (laughs) but what's great i think with podcast radio doing what we do is that it's already grown in a year and radio is flying you know and 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 we had to go and prove that first we had to really really work hard at it to show it it could work and then all we did was get get it on the map and and people flooded in and um so we, we we get the benefits of both, Marv, in a way, yeah. if I could say it. We also have to answer and defend. At times I have to defend the radio industry and at times I have to defend podcasting to people. But we think, fingers crossed, moving forward, we think we've nailed it and, and used the benefits of both to, to help one another as an industry. Absolutely. So what is your personal taste in uh, in shows? What do you actually like to listen to yourself? Oh, when it comes... Do you know what? This... I was the same with music. I love really sad stuff. Don't get it. Don't know why. I love really like um, haunting, passionate, someone speaks. For instance, there's a podcast we've called, we've we've aired, and he is one of the ones who gave us some episodes before we ever launched. And this is when I started to realize that genres don't work for podcasts quite like we people think they do, you know. His podcast is called The Hardest Word. He takes samples of people apologizing for something in their life. Um, his name's Brett. He's based in Melbourne, Australia. And then he plays you the apology, and then he kind of breaks it down. Just a quick episode and says, yeah, that was an interesting one. Here's what I thought of that apology. And I was listening on the bus to one of his podcasts, and it was a, a woman. And I'm getting a bit uh, off on a tangent here. But it was a woman who had written a letter to her mum 
or was apologising for hiding a letter to her mum, sorry, from her grandma, and she'd never admitted to her mum for 20 years that her, her grandma did actually write this letter to her, and her mum thought her grandma had died without ever talking to her again. And the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. I found my, I actually shed a tear, which sounds really dramatic on the bus. Okay. <laughs> Quickly, I hit that. And I went, whoa, I just love powerful stuff. I love stuff that makes me just react, get hit hard over the head by the audio and so i'm i'm not a big lover of comedy um interview podcasts between celebrities i could take or leave um but i love feeling something and just going whoa that is that was hard i used to do the same when i was a teenager when i first learned to drive i'd put on really sad songs and go oh this is so sad and then the song would finish and go that was great what a great thing that was um, and I think the same thing is happening to me in podcasting. What about you, Marv? Because you must talk to a lot of podcasters about a lot of things. What What would you pick up right now in 10 minutes? What would be a podcast genre you'd put on? Um, I listen to a lot of Beatles-related content, obviously, because cool. I'm, I'm a big Beatles fan. Uh, so um, I suppose a lot of programming I listen to is based on that or... Um, when I was a kid, I've read, I read comic books as a kid, so I listened to shows about that as well because that's carried on into my adulthood as well. I shouldn't really still be reading comics at 50 years old. But... Oh, yes, you should. Yes, you should. <laughs> you <know. laughs> what do you think of Marvel? Um, I like Marvel a lot, but, I mean, because, um, you know, when, when, I was, when I was a kid, I was, list, I was reading, um, well... You know, I'm I'm sure we both remember the the repeats of the old, you know, Spider-Man cartoons when we were yeah. children, and yeah, and that. So there's still there's still something great about that. Um, well, it's funny, I don't you know. know. I, 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 go on. I was going to say it's similar to how I've said I don't. I was never in love with radio, never in love with podcasting. I was never in love with comics. However, I love the Marvel films. Does that make sense? Maybe yeah. I'm just always late to the party um, because I love where it is now i love podcasting where it is now i love radio where it is now um but i didn't grow up and, and see the developments of it and the beatles thing this is my example of what podcasting has commercial entities cannot steal this yet of podcasters i'm gonna say it to you now and i know i've already talked about the episode you saying you love the beatles content you have to listen to that episode of alan alder talking to sir paul mccartney yeah. you'll you'll fall in love with it and you'll realize that everything we've said here today you know a generous interviewer who's prepared but willing to be flexible with the the way the conversation goes everything we've said we like you and i marv happens in this one episode with alan alder and yet it took me to say to you to find out a bit about you to say actually that that's a good recommendation um so it, it's interesting you know the funny thing about podcasting in my opinion is that it's about people it's about people being interesting and um maybe that's an oversimplification but that's why it's has succeeded i think yeah and the the alan elder one has actually been on my list on my <laughs> I, i've had that on my streaming li on my list on itunes for so long to listen to make that I the really episode. need to listen to that yeah uh keep, keeping on the subject of the beatles i think that you would love uh there are two shows that i've recently been listening to a lot which are producing the beatles and there's another one called winter of discontent and they are both under half an hour each per episode and they look at the um so they're producing the beatles they'll pick a specific 
you know, production technique that's used in the Beatles music. Wow, cool. Oh, and they'll, already, yeah, that's and, great. And, yeah. and they'll, they'll go down to the multi-track recordings and they'll break it down and they'll say, right, this is how it was at this stage. And then they'll go, and then a month later, the Beatles came in while they were still working on the album Revolver or something, and they thought, do you know what? We just think that this song needs this little thing. And they'll break it down, how they use the techniques in the studio and how they'd learned. So that's producing the Beatles, which is really fascinating to listen to. And the other one, Winter of Discontent, that's taken the, the recordings of the Beatles during the Get Back slash Let It Be sessions and it's taking listening to those and it's giving you commentary on what's going on what songs they're starting to rehearse or what john's brought in or paul or george and it's looking at it so rather than it being a general program about about the beatles it's actually looking at that niche that or they both are looking at niches that podcasts can really get into the nitty-gritty of yeah, that radio totally, can't totally understand what you're saying there because you, your interest is the Beatles your interest is in how songs are built but then all of a sudden you realise it is interesting because you like yep. the Beatles and you're hearing about how songs are built at the same time it's um, people have lots of different tastes and you, you mentioned it earlier on in this podcast you said you know radio stations are they have a niche a different type of music or it's political chat and they'll hammer that at you even though it's yep. different presenters it's that one theme and the thing with with podcasting and with podcast radio we said there is space for someone who loves their sport and also loves their theater that same person could hear two or three episodes of two two or three different things on podcast radio and like them all not all as much as each other but we think people are eclectic and we know they are but they don't they're not yeah. delivered that way they're not given content that way and just the way you and i have ended up talking about the beatles um it happens in podcasting really well. Tangents that people go on are sometimes the best part of programs, you know, because you find yourself agreeing or disagreeing while you listen along. Um, yep. I've made a note, by the way, of both of those programs. Thanks very much for the recommendation. I thought because the bite size as well, they're under half an hour in length. I think that's that's a really nice, like, relaxed, oh, if you've got a cup of tea and you've got, five, got half an hour to spare, just put that on and... You know, it's 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 comfortable. It's it's a good yeah. listen. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh. Sorry, you made me forget where I was going to go next. I suddenly, re- <laughs> I sub- you, you mentioned something. I was going to go go on that, and, I, and I've gone off on a. Ta- oh, it's about the tangents. So you're right with tangents. There was a recent episode that came out uh, of mine where I was talking to somebody who does a show about Beatles fans, and he talks to people who are fans of the Beatles and how they. Their, their history and their fandom of the Beatles. Uh, so I was talking to Ethan, who does the show, and we went off a tangent where we suddenly went into talking about uh, the music of Birmingham for some unknown reason. How cool. How cool is that, though? Because and, uh, it's related, but it's not related, isn't it? And it's fantastic uh, to hear tangents worked as a tool really well. Absolutely, because I think it's because we were talking about Danny Lane uh, from Wings, who was in Wings with Paul McCartney, and Denny's from uh, from Birmingham, and he was in the Moody Blues originally, and I was sort of saying that in a way I said, I said to Ethan, do you, do you think actually that that Brummy Beat in the late sixties is almost overlooked, despite the fact that it was such a large 
there's such a large variety of music styles that came from Birmingham. So you've got the, the Moody Blues, you've got the Move, you've got, even to the late 60s, you've got the introduction of heavy metal with Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin. So we just went off on that tangent naturally for some reason, but it's those tangents that are interesting. Yeah. I, you know, it's a bit strange. I'm, I'm in a rock band based in the yep. UK. I sing in it. Um, and you talking about Birmingham music has just me. I have to tell you, I, we went and recorded for something called Vintage TV, our only TV appearance. And the beat from Birmingham, even though they're now called the English beat and they're actually based in California, were also on the same episode. And I think with, with music, it's similar to podcasting in that if you scratch the surface of a band, you go and find this full back catalogue of stuff you love. Um, but people are putting out stuff they love at the same time. You know, a, a band should love what they're releasing. Um, and loads of bands break up because they don't like what they're releasing. Um, and then people fall in love with it because they like what they're releasing. And although music is actually doing that, the labels came in and the labels controlled what was coming out. And the labels told you what you could and couldn't hear on your radio. And it kind of got a little bit too commercialised, didn't it? The whole, well, all music genres, sadly. Um, and I think podcasting lives in this rock and roll world. We are like the rock and roll of speech radio. We think a podcast radio. I mean, we, we don't have that on a poster or anything. But sometimes the audio quality won't be as good as the BBC studios or one of the political channels here in the UK. But you'll hear things that are fascinating and made to such an intriguing way and and people talking about things that you won't hear anywhere else. And of course, you will hear it on demand as a podcast, but you're discovering it with us that you certainly won't discover on any other major mass media platform. And the similarities of you talking about the Beatles and rock music, music was better back then, and I know everyone's going to say that, but it had better ways of getting in your ears and people, you know, creating a record and putting a record out was better back then because it meant more and i think people reacted stronger to it it wasn't such pop music back then um I, i've probably just gone on a, a strange tangent on my side i probably just wanted to tell you i was on a on a tv program singing once called uh with the beat the english beat but we think we see similarities between rock and roll music and, and podcasting itself absolutely you know we are the modern version of uh radio caroline yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So what advice would you give to podcasters starting out for the first time? This is going to be the worst advice, and I hope it's the best. Don't give up till your podcast sounds right. Um, and that's not saying it needs to sound right, and it's not saying it needs to sound perfect, and it's not saying... Uh, well, how do I say it? When you notice on TV something's not HD, you can see it's wrong, you can see it's fuzzy. Audio is a lot harder to realize what's going wrong when it doesn't sound perfect. But don't give up. Figure it out. Copy again. Lift ideas from people who are recording right. Go and watch a small YouTube clip on how to get it right. And don't spend all your money on getting it right because you can make a £10 microphone sound amazing. I'm talking to you right now inside of my wardrobe um, because I padded it out with the sound barriers and I used to... I think a £25 mic in here for about six months and then I upgraded to a £270 mic no one noticed the difference um, <laughs> even because I'd set it up right if that makes sense not because it both sounded terrible I hope um, but it, it, that's my advice make sure because once you've picked a subject you love 
you just want it to sound good and those two things together will be great i mean that's the first thing we check by the way marv when people do apply it's got to sound good you know um people again they don't know if they're hearing good stuff sometimes with audio they'll put up with things that sound a bit scratchy and not great but it's got to sound good enough for people to go mm, this is nice that's right that's right so where can people find out more about yourself and podcast radio so podcast radio is the podcastradio.co.uk there's an about page saying where you can catch us um, we have an alexa skill we're on tune in we're also on something called deezer which is where you get music and podcasts like Spotify. So we're the first radio station to start really bending the rules and being more than uh, where radio lives. We're kind of starting to be a platform for podcasting too. Um, and you can drop in in any of those places online, those digital sources. But then we are also on the radio, the proper radio. People do actually ask. Maybe it's taken a long time to say this. But we're on the proper radio in... London, Surrey, Manchester and Glasgow and within six months of us chatting there'll be about three or four more cities guaranteed under our belt um, which we can't wait to, to launch into but it's just there to go and sample. You can of course go and get our app or on our website you can read through the podcasts but of course the one thing that is always there is this 24-7 discovery podcast format where you'll be told by a podcast pod jock we call them the presenters saying why we've picked it why we love it keeping you up to date with your news and then it's just great podcast content from there thank you very much jerry and thank you for talking to me today no it was great to be on your podcast marv thank you very much for for well for asking questions and i like your notes by the way i like the way you put your notes on your website and things like that i think that's really really cool <laughs> thank you very much thank you I know people have, uh, who I've talked to have mentioned the little like pictures that I do and, and everything. I love it. Just yeah, something. I think it's great. Okay. Anyway, thank you everybody for listening and hope you listen again to another episode of Pods Like Us. Marv. Oh, hello. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. I'm just setting up my recording on my end in case there's a disaster, so bear with me a sec. That's okay. I use Riverside. Oh, Riverside? All right, yeah. okay. I don't know that one. Riverside.fm. It was some big wig guy in Canada who, I, who was interviewing me once. I, I logged in and we pay for it, a podcast radio. Still not sure about it. They've always got something amazing about them, but then something that's limited about it, doesn't it? You know, so... You can't have it all, I suppose. It's a minefield, isn't it, with all yeah. things. You know, yeah. when you're putting a podcast on, you've got to work out what's best for you because there'll always be certain things that aren't exactly, aren't the same as with yeah. others. But then yeah. there's positives and negatives to all of them. It's, okay. a shame. it's a shame, really. Yeah, it is. Um, all right, mate, so I'm recording my end on Riverside. So, so look, if you're happy, I'm happy. Ready when you are. Sorry about the delay, right. by the way. That's okay. No problem at all. No, gave me a chance to, gave me a chance to grab a cup of tea. <laughs> Good. Yeah. One of these days, I might end up like Parky and have a vodka at the side of me or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs>
I used to watch Parkinson when I lived in New Zealand every night at 11 p.m. And it was just what a program when you got into it. You know, just the best, the best ways of, um, the best interviews I think I've ever seen on Parkinson. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I liked, I liked, um, I liked Wogan when he started doing his show, but he just wasn't the same. That was more like light, yeah, in comparison. Exactly, you know, yeah. But um, I think Parky went that way actually towards the end as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. But b- back in the seventies and eighties, that guy was there was nobody like him. He was just wow, amazing. Just let it flow, didn't he? You know, he did. whatever's about to happen was going to happen. No, Ab- absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yes. Good job it was recorded though, and he didn't have the problems like Wo- like Wogan did when he had you know <laughs> when he had George Best on or whatever or somebody else, and they'd suddenly flare up and you I can't know. do anything because it's live and you're like, oh, yeah. No. <laughs> Dear me. I I I envy these people who can actually do these sort of shows live actually. One of these days, I'll have a try. Yeah, I know. I it's, know. It's it's scary. So, I suppose we've better. Yeah, okay. All right, mate. Ready when you are. Thank you, Jerry. Okay, Jerry. How was that? Was there anything that we need to touch on, or that? Uh, no, no. I'm know? happy if you're happy, mate. I'm I'm fine with that. I mean, there's certain bits where you were very professional, and you were. <laughs> And you know, you you were sort of like it's like you were you noticed things on the list and you were bringing them out without even the question having to be brought out, like how you select shows. That I didn't even have to, or did I? No, I didn't even have to ask how you did I that. Don't I don't think I can't remember. No. <laughs> it was such yeah. a good conversation. Yeah, I mean, it was a great chat. Really enjoyed talking to you, Marv. Actually, and um, yeah, what was I going to say there? I'll send you this stem that should be hopefully really clean. I don't know if it'll have the zoom fuzz in it. Um, I'll email it or we transfer over to you now. It's up to you what you use. It's your podcast, you know. Um, but it was a real pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. And, wh- and when lockdown's lifted, um, I, I, we should get together, have a coffee or a beer, and talk about it some more without the microphones. Yes. I, I would actually like, I mean, uh, it's strange how things things change, but I would actually like to do one of these live in person with somebody, not necessarily uh, put it out live, but actually do live in-person chats with people would be a nice thing to do at some point totally yeah it's there's a bit of magic there when that happens isn't it laugh i think people laugh and enjoy it more that that millisecond of waiting can kill a conversation between two people chatting back and forth and um that that's why breakfast radio i think just does so well you know if if the people do if they know each other really well and, and can make it work um no, everyone says radio is dying, but the, the live elements, if you can get something to amazing to happen live, and I think New Zealand radio is much better radio in terms of it's always ahead of the curve everywhere else. It'll try things that no one else is trying, if that makes sense. Um, so I was, I was a bit risky when I came back from New Zealand radio say, saying, let's try this, let's do this, um, because I'd seen the risks and rewards pay off. Um, anyway, sorry, I've, now I'm going on another tangent, we're not even recording. No, it's okay. it's okay. It's all right. This this will end up in. You know what my show's like. There'll be post show chit chat, won't there? That I put in. I editing after the music. I always do that because it's natural. Yeah, it's natural. That is and, you know. Yeah, it is natural. Yeah. Um, Marv, listen. Thanks so much for your time, Nathan. Thanks for um, inviting me on. Really appreciate it. Uh, thank thank you for talking with me. I, I, that was great. That was 
not really nice talking to you. If you were, if you want to send me as well with that the link to Deezer as well, because I've got the podcast radio dot co dot uk written down. So if you can do the uh, the Deezer link as well, and I'll put that into the show notes as well when I post it up. Cool. Okay. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, I'll I'll make that list of where you can get us actually, and I'll make sure that's down there. Okay, and I'll put that in the show notes. All right. Thank you very much, Jerry. You take care. Great. Cheers, Marv. Great to chat with you. You'll get an email from me in uh, about five, ten minutes. See you, mate. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Take care.